praise God. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Father, we're not aware of how much we need you sometimes, but you still come to our aid. You still come and rescue us. You come to help us. You come to retrieve us. Help us in every way, Father. There is not anything that we need that you don't provide graciously, abundantly, and and relentlessly. You pursue us with blessings. We're so thankful for that. And we bless you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Praise God. So I thought today we'd talk about the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Many years ago, a... a uh, really an apostle, a man of God, by the name of Will Roberts, made the statement, God is a good God. And every demon in hell came against him. Amen. Everyone. They say that was the most controversial statement he'd ever made. And I remember the time when uh, he made the statement, remember the announcement, some of you remember it, he said that the Lord would uh, take him home if he didn't raise a certain amount of money. I can't remember that. And everybody had their opinions about it. And I thought about opening my mouth, and God said, don't you dare. He said, I haven't told you whether I said that to him or not, so you don't have anything to say until I tell you. Amen. So I learned my lesson in critiquing people's relationships with God. Amen. Now, if God gives you some wisdom to help people with, that's one thing. But Everybody having an opinion doesn't help anything, amen? And so I remember those days, and I remember the firestorm that that set off. But then I also remember people saying, they said, well, that's nothing compared to, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years ago when he made the statement, God is a good God. And And he said it because people needed to know it. Because throughout the years, the enemy has has set up a false identity of our God. In fact, most people don't believe God is good, even after they're born again. You know, we run to God for refuge, but we don't really know the God that we're running to. And so, and, and I believe the lie was was started way back in the garden that God is not good. Because the minute God establishes something in the earth, the enemy runs to see if he can twist it, if he can refute it, if he can make people not believe it. And so I believe that that we need to have the full truth about God, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Amen. And uh, in all of the truth about God, you know, not just some things that we know and we believe. But if you believe that God is a good God, you it it does something to you. It kind of flips you over into a different frame of mind. It gives you a different mindset about God. It takes some of the fear out of the relationship. It takes the the uh, I guess the reluctance to believe. It'll cut your time down in some of the answers to prayer that you're looking for. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you pray and you don't, it's not you're not really sure God wants you to have what you're asking for. You're not really sure that he wants to bless you or that you're in good standing with him or whatever it is. Before that prayer gets answered, your faith has to fight its way through your 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 spider web of unbelief. 
you know, the, the cloud that hangs over your words and, and that, that kind of wants to hinder everything that you have in your soul that's contrary to God's word will cause a snare for the, the faith for that prayer to be answered. And so a lot of our, uh, what we call the good fight of faith is really fighting unbelief in our own souls and fighting to free ourselves up so that we can grab on to God and, and really understand how much he really loves us, even though he's proved it over and over and over again. You know, the Bible talks about infallible proofs. You can't argue against these. There's There's no arguing against them, and yet... Many times we hold on to this reluctance to just go ahead and grab, you know, what he has for us by faith. That's that's why I like the Amos 9.13 blessing uh, that, that Ms. Nola read when we had our offering. He said things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim and you won't be able to wonder if God wants you to have it. See, you'll get it so fast, it'll, it'll bypass your, your crazy head, your unbelief, your snares, your, your reluctance, uh, your fake holiness, you know, unworthy. Amen. When that's never an issue. Somebody help me. Amen. Amen. Because that's what it is. It's a, a fake way of thinking about ourselves. Where we think, well, if I question my my qualifications or my, you know, whatever, then then that makes me seem like I'm I'm really serious about this or I'm I'm sincere or whatever. And so we have to fight through a lot of little stuff, but but I think we can cut cut through a lot of unnecessary mental warfare if we'll just keep reminding ourselves that God is a good God. He's good, and his mercy endures forever. He's everlastingly good. He's not good when you're good. God, know that's right. Help us. Help me, Lord. Amen. He don't treat us like we treat him. Amen. He's better than that. So when he comes, he comes with goodness and mercy. He comes with the total package. He comes with every single thing that we need. Amen? And and it's good to remind ourselves of that. You know, if, if we had to bring something to the table, we'd still be looking. I know I would. Amen? I brought nothing. I just had to admit, God, I don't got nothing. I don't feel like I'm worth anything. But if you can do something to help me, I just need help. Amen? And this is just as I am. Amen? And and we think about just as I am only when it talk about salvation, you know. But, honey, I'm just as I am every day, you know, because I don't know from one day to the next if I if I get my all my checks on my list checked off, you know, good girl, uh, scratch that, <laughs> working on it. We'll check that off, amen. Did my prayers like I uh scratch that working on it amen so everything falls into the working on it category so it's a wonderful thing that god brings all of that with him he brings righteousness with him he brings holiness with him he brings our peace he brings it's like he just sits down in your life and says you know what 
forget all that stuff you've been trying to do to impress me. I brought it with me. Amen. I have it for you. It's already supplies for you. So the fact that God is a good God is is something that's worth meditating on. Amen. And you don't have to you don't have to have a lot of experience with him. You know, like you always see the people get up and have a testimony at the drop of a hat every time. I'm not, I throw no shade. Don't nobody feel bad in here, but because you know what I'm saying. But, but they're so full of joy and bubbling all over the place. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where'd they borrow that from? You know, let me have some of that. And so many times we don't just, just have that at our, at our, at our disposal like we, we want to. But I think if we could focus on the goodness of God, then we would have a testimony every time we thought about it. There would be something that we could say, you know, because it it would follow a good testimony follows a good meditation about God, a good mindset about God and, and thankfulness toward God. You know, I've been noticing recently God has been doing things for me so fast I can't keep up with it. And then I'm embarrassed and ashamed. I said, God, I got behind on my thanking you. You know, you did that for me, and I'd even stop and thank you. You did this for me, and I didn't. So I decided to wake up every morning thanking him and get some thank in the bank, something in my thank bank, <laughs> so I wouldn't get behind on my thanking. Amen? And it, it's just good to do that. It's good to keep that that relationship with him. So, yeah, I'm working on it. Amen? And, and seriously working on it because it's worth working on. So the fact that God is good. Is something that God is had to reestablish in our thinking about him. We had to get this this truth about God renewed to us uh, for a number of reasons. And and one of them is because of of we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We are born into a mindset that fears God. And I mean in a bad way. We hide from God. Uh, that's the way we're born. We're, David said it, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Amen. And it's that iniquity and that sin that keeps us with a bad attitude and a bad opinion about God. Amen. Any other opinion about God is totally false. Anything other than that he's good is totally false. And we have to be able to refute that. And And you have to be able to fight that in your thinking. Because when when difficulty comes, we have a tendency to look at what's God really up to here. You know, what's he doing? And not, God, I know you're good. Where is my answer? See, it'd be wonderful if we could live like that. But we can't always live like that. Because we've got too much banked up in our thinking that's that, you know, we think ill of everybody. You know, somebody does something that rubs you the wrong way and you want to think they did it on purpose. And then if you're if the Holy Spirit fights you for that thought, you're going to fight him to make that. No, I know they did. I know that. I know them. They just ain't no good. You know, you don't know them like I know, you know. And and really, people are just going about their lives. Not everybody has evil intent. You understand what I'm saying? And if they do, God says you got to forgive them. 
So it's still your responsibility to bring things right before God. See, this is not about people so much. This is more about God, folks, and pleasing him and doing the right thing. Don't don't let yourself feel good because you think somebody wishes you ill. Because the devil will give you so much of that. He'll make you a happy camper in in bad feeling about people if you insist on holding on to that. And God's word says we got to let go of it. Amen. And so this is how God begins to correct our misunderstanding about his character because he is good. And any other opinion of that of him about that is false. The lie that God is not good started in the book of Genesis. So the enemy had something ready for God when he created the, the minute the words came out of God's mouth about what he created. He said, it is good. The devil heard that and took off going to prove that it wasn't. He wanted to prove that what God created wasn't good. The earth isn't good. The man isn't good. Nothing, nothing about what God did is good. And that's that's where that comes from. It comes from the enemy. So we have here in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, there are many people that feel that what happened in verse 1 is is a, there's a distance of time between the rest of the first chapter of Genesis because if God is good and he created the earth good, then how did darkness and all of that form on what he called good? See, darkness isn't good. If darkness were good, God would have not done what he did in the rest of chapter one. Amen. And we see God going about fixing the fact that the earth was without form and void. God does not like emptiness. He seeks to fill it up. And, and most people believe that what happened here is Satan's fall from heaven, fell down to the earth, and caused what we see in verse 2. So whenever Satan shows up, he brings his character with him, and that's darkness. Amen? Trouble. Things that aren't good. The fact that the earth was without form and void means he robbed it. So he's a thief. So you see him stealing even though he doesn't have any power. He doesn't have his heavenly powers anymore, but he still has power. Amen. And so God goes about correcting the things of the earth. And he says, and God in verse 3 said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw the light and said it was. So this goodness that he pronounces on everything that he does from this point on comes out of him because he is good. You can't confer anything on anybody that you don't have. Amen. When the apostles would heal people, such as I have, I give thee. Amen. You got to know what you got. Amen. And you can dispense it. If you're not a blessed person, you can't bless anybody. That's why you'll hear a lot of parents cuss all the time. That's all they have on the inside of them. Amen? Amen. 
I heard a woman yesterday, I was in Aldi parking lot looking for my Aldi quarter, which I don't even know where that is anymore. You know how you got to keep that little quarter out. And I just refuse to wrestle with them baskets. You know, because you put your quarter in there and then you got to fight the stupid basket to guess. I'm not going there, Lord. So I asked the Lord, I said, let me just, somebody give me a basket. Every time I come to all these, Lord, let some nice person give me a basket. And pretty much I get them. But I leave them too. So I reap and I sow. I ain't there stealing nothing. Don't belongs to me. But I am not fighting that, that basket for a quarter. So I was looking for it. And I heard this horrible stream of cursing come out of somebody's mouth. I just refused to give devil attention. So I kept it moving, you know. And she was cursing at a child. And it just happened that she was making the kid return a card. And I was looking in my purse, and I had 25 cents, but it was change. I didn't have a case quarter. And I asked the child. He was a boy. He looked to be about 10 or 11 years old. And he was very shy, and and, and he was pushing the cart back. And I said, can I give you 25 cents for that for that cart? And he looked and he looked back and he looked and looked again. He looked nervous. I said, see, it's the same. He said, no, there's a quarter in here. I'm going to get it out. I said, can I let you take this money for that? I said, and I'll just take your cart. I said, we leave the quarter in there and it's okay. I said, is your mom here? Can you ask her? And she was somewhere doing whoever, whatever. And so he finally figured it out, and he took the 25 cents in his hand like he was getting ready to give it to somebody. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, please bless these people. I Use this for whatever you want to use it for. But bless this woman so that she's got patience with this child. Bless her so that in, in he, you could see the child was limited in his ability to think and understand and all that stuff. I said, just let them have a peaceful time on the way home you know it, it just it, it amazes me sometimes the frustration level that some people live in and the level of pain that they have in their lives and it comes out in the form of cursing because they see no blessings in their lives you know her eyes haven't been opened so that she can see her son as a blessing from god amen she just she she can't think in that vein some people think trouble all the time when they see their children. They think about, oh, they need shoes. They need that. They need this. But they never think, but God has already provided. He's always provided. They have no concept of who God is. And so it's up to us believers to do a little bit, whatever you can do. I don't know what that 25 cent deal did there, but hopefully it did something to bring peace to that woman between her and her son. You know, I know God didn't have me intervene there to cause him more trouble, but you could see he was almost expecting it. Amen. And so God, God wants us to be ambassadors for good, that people will, they, they're supposed to see our good works and glorify our God who is in heaven. They're supposed to know that God, that we work for God and we live for God and that we are God's offspring. And it's up to God to allow people to see that. So goodness is always God's stamp of approval on any work, not just his, 
but on our ours as well. And so God began to put the earth back together the way he had it in the first place. So I think what he does in what we call creation is a recreation of what it was before the devil crashed down to earth and distorted everything and destroyed everything. And so God begins to set the world in order the way he wants it. And he created man on the the sixth day and he called man good. So we were created good because we were created in God's image, just like him. Amen. And so as God was was allowing man to live, he created man to have rulership down here on earth. That's why we have so many people who just want to be the boss anyway. Amen. Uh, you know, you understand what I'm saying. I'm, some of you parents have had kids that just was like in the crib was bossing everything. You understand what I'm saying? It's just some people just have that in them and, and they take off with it and it's almost no stopping them. You know, you got to kind of direct them and guide them and eventually you just get tired of trying to track them down and you just accept it. Well, that's just so, that's just how she is. You know, she's just, <laughs> she's just bossy. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and God made her bossy for a reason. Because that's a, a sign of, of what he put in Adam and Eve to have dominion on the earth and subdue it. To subdue means to bring it under control and make it produce the way you want it to produce. Amen. And people have to have that in the earth. We have to have leadership. In fact, that's one of the things that that people think is lacking in the world today is benevolent leadership, good leadership, people who want to lead for the good of humanity. And see, somebody's going to rise up and lead anyway. That's why we have dictators, too. Because they see how easy it is to gain the reins of power sometimes, to influence people, to follow them. And so because man is a fallen being, you're going to have extremes and perversions of God's order to to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. But we are put here to govern. The more first thing God wants you to govern is yourself and your own life. Amen. That's why he offers salvation to us so we can start governing our lives without being so fearful of the outcome. And so in Genesis chapter three, if you flip over there, you'll see where things started to go, go bad for the man and the woman. God created it. We, we know that when he, when he created everything, he called it good. So it had to respond the way God called it. Amen. When God calls you good, you act good. You are good. You, goodness starts to haunt you as a as an option of your behavior. You know, everybody has that. You know, you look and, and sometimes you, you see where you did something wrong and, and you feel bad about it. That's because goodness is speaking to you. See, it's it's following you and telling you, amen, that you can do better. Amen. There's a different option for you next time. You don't have to go down the same road that you, you've always gone down. So when in Genesis chapter three, you, we see here the introduction of the serpent and, and it says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. 
And he said to the woman, the serpent's talking to the woman, he said, has God said that you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? So here's the first attempt to introduce God as not being good. Amen. Whenever we question God's intentions and we question whether or not he's doing something for our benefit, that's our first questioning of his goodness. And so when when Satan saw everything that God created, he saw that he put man in the middle of it and gave all of that to him. He went ballistic and he couldn't rest until he found a way to turn that upside down so that he can get it under his control. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants us under his control, wants the earth under his control. He wants everything. He wants it back like it was in Genesis 1-2, without form and void. In other words, when stuff is messed up, the devil's happy. Amen? When people don't get along, he's happy. When you don't have enough money for stuff, he's happy. Amen? Because it's a messed up condition, and that's where he gets glory. Amen? Well, how does he get glory? Because then all we have, all we can do is complain about it. Complaining always glorifies the devil. Because what it says is, devil, you got the, you got the power. You won. You did this. Amen. And so what we need to do is on top of the devil's, uh, harassment and his destroying things and attempting to destroy things, we need to again introduce the goodness of God. Amen. We serve a good God. Devil, I don't know what you've done and I don't care what you've done, but God has the answer and he's coming to my rescue because he's a good God and his mercy endures forever. See, the enemy wants us to think that God gets tired of doing good things for us, but he doesn't. Amen. You know, Jesus would, would teach parables and, and he would talk about, uh, what we could expect from God. He says, uh, what father among you, if your children ask you for bread, you would give them a stone. But he says, well, if you being evil or being carnal know how to do good for your kids, how much more do you think God's going to do for you? Amen. And it's just that simple. You know, in your heart, you don't do everything right. But still, you want to do well for your children and for your family all the time. So if that's your your heart, where do you think you got that from? That didn't just come out of nowhere. Amen. That came from the heart of God. And so if we can can always understand that God's good, you know, even if we're not, if you mess up, he'll forgive you. That's goodness. Amen. The fact that he wants to give you a new start over again, over and over and over again. Amen. You ever have a day where it starts out so bad you say, hey, I ain't going to even try to do nothing right. I'm just going to wait, whatever. Just bring me a bottle of beer, a pig foot, or whatever it is. I ain't taking them cholesterol pills either. You know, whatever. That's, that's how the saints tie one off. care about that i'm gonna eat these french fries yeah whatever (laughs) but you know it it can go like that sometimes sometimes it's it's just really really hard to to grasp it again to get control 
over things again. Sometimes things will happen so fast in a negative way. But God never gives up on us. Amen. The Bible says he'll find a way even for his banished ones to find a way back. Amen. Even if he were to ever kick us out, he'll make a way for you to get back even when getting kicked out. Amen. And we'll see that here in in chapter 3. So it says here, the devil starts introducing the idea to the woman that God is not good. Now, she's been living in the goodness of God all of this time. Amen. She's been, God gave them freedom to eat freely. He said, whatever you want, you got it. He said, but there's one thing I don't want you to eat from, and that's this tree over here, right in the middle of the garden. So it looks like every day they were reminded that they weren't supposed to do something. So so life was good as long as they didn't have to make a choice. But if you're made in God's image, you have to be able to make choices. So this is why the choice was introduced there, I believe, is that to to complete that they were made in God's image. See, they were good like him. Their words worked like his. Adam named every animal there, and they said, yes, sir. They talked, amen, and they obeyed Adam. When he called it giraffe, they said, okay, that's my name. I'm cool with that, amen. I'm a giraffe, amen. And everything that that flowed like that, it, it went perfectly. Why? Because of goodness. Goodness makes things work. Goodness makes our words work. When you call for for your your house payment, amen, because you speak from God's spirit, if you have faith in God's word and God says, I want you every day instead of just start thanking me and calling for the things that you desire in your life. Well, Lord, I call for all my bills paid this month in Jesus name. You can do that because of goodness. In your spirit, man, you're speaking from your spirit and your spirit is holy. Amen. It is it is formed in the image of the Holy Spirit. He runs your insides. And when he gives you words, those words come to pass and they work. Amen. And so you begin to call for the things that you desire. Why? Because there's goodness on the inside of you when you speak from the spirit of God. Amen. But if you start talking doubt, oh, wonder, wonder how I'm going to do it. Wonder, uh, 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 oh, not good. We got to stop that wondering. Wondering is not good. Because God is, is not wondering about anything. He's sure about everything. He knows what he's got coming to your house. He knows what you need. And he knows that you messed up your money the last time he gave you. See, I hate that I have to remind us of these things, but you know, you know, we get carried away with our little goodness sometimes. We think it's us being good. It's God's influence on you that makes you good. And whether or not you yield to it, that makes you good. Amen. So when we yield to the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes you'll have those, those situations where you look up and all the bills are paying. You got money left over. You say, I don't know how this happened. I just, 
you know what, God, I'm going to go and do this before before it, it reverses where the bank calls and lets me know what I really got in there. I'm just going to go and spend this money. We're like a little thief. But we're working on it, right? We're still working on it. Amen. And see, we couldn't keep working on it if God wasn't a good God. See, the fact that he's good gives us a second chance, a third chance. Amen. He's going to pay them bills. Now, if you get real cute with your your bad self and you start trying to see, you know, how some people like to walk the edge. Uh, you know, it's like you you can be crossing a bridge. You know, little kids especially, they say, Daddy, let me jump up here and walk on this thing. No, you ain't walking up there. You know what I'm saying? Because you'll be over in the water if I don't put a stop to you. Well, some people like to live their lives like that. They like living on the edge. Seeing how much of that bill money they can spend before they really get thrown out the house. You understand what I'm saying? See, those are the people that's always waiting till midnight for everything they need. Until they learn better. You learn to imitate your father every single day and you'll have your money on time. Amen. And you won't be tempted to do anything else with it. Huh? Oh, no, I had my enough of that. I I learned how to be. I was sweating it too bad up in there for that. So I learned my lesson. Amen. 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 His goodness allows you to learn your lesson and keep going. Amen. <laughs> so, so the, the husband, the man and the woman are in the garden and God has told them there's something they're not allowed to do. If they abide in God's goodness, they always make the right choice. It's, 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 and that's true for us too. If you abide in God's goodness, you always make the right choice. Amen. What do I mean when I say that? I mean just grabbing on to God through worship, through reading your word, through keeping your mind filled up with the good things of God, driving out the fear and the doubt and the fear of lack and and all of that that would say God isn't good. Because if you fear lack, why do you think lack would come to you if you serve a good God? See, only abundance is, only goodness and mercy are going to follow you. Only abundance is your portion. You drink from that cup. You don't drink from, from a cup of poverty. Amen? You don't have to fight over anything because your portion is abundant. Your cup runneth over. Amen? Always. That's always true. Well, you don't know I ran out of money. You're not supposed to. Keep looking for goodness. You start running low, keep looking for goodness. You have not because you ask not. Amen? You need to get to asking. God, I thank you that you you got abundance for me. And I believe it. I'm not just saying it, Lord. I believe it. You're a good God. You're not going to leave your kids out here stranded. Don't leave them out here without anything. Amen? And and always make the right decision. Don't, don't decide to rob peter to pay paul peter thin and then begging and acting crazy and paul fat you know you need <laughs> come on y'all oh, no. 
even if Paul get Paul going out, he got to go to the gym to slim down, you know, rob Peter to death. Amen. So, so, you know, we have our pet things we like to spend money on. Amen. Quit having pets. They require a little too much. Amen. Everybody that you owe needs to be paid regularly. Amen. And on time. Amen. You want yours on time. You're supposed to sow that seed first. Huh? If anything's late, we get all indignant about it. Well, I don't know why my stuff ain't here. Well, I do. Reason for everything. Amen. But God is still good. But when we miss it, he's still good. Amen. That doesn't change who he is. So the the serpent starts questioning the woman. He says in verse 2, woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden or the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to her, you will not surely die. Now, come on, Eve. God just said that. So here we introduce the concept that God is not good, that he's capable of evil, he's capable of bad, he's not holy, he's capable of error. Amen. See, the enemy wants you to believe things up to a certain point and then he'll twist it. So it's not quite. See, that's what keeps us out of abundance. Because, you know, you can tell sometimes when you think about. You know, the needs that you have. Most of us will think enough. We don't just just automatically think overflow or abundance. And I'll tell you why. Because of this, of doubting, of the question mark. Question marks always come when we when you look at God's word and you see you see what Jesus did for these people. Everybody that came in contact with him got their miracle. Amen. But you somehow can't see yourself in that group. Come on now. We got some work to do. It does just does not automatically come to you that, that you know, you, you slow down. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, you don't know what I did. Well, see, is God going to still do this? And I did so and so and so. You understand what I'm saying? We take inventory of the bad stuff. And we think that keeps God from being good? Are you kidding me? But see, we don't automatically think that way. Why? Because of iniquity. Because of darkness in our thoughts. Our past is dark. We've got dark experiences. We've got things, you know, someday if you, sometimes you'll sit and your mind will run across your childhood. And you'll start thinking about, oh, you know, I was in school and it's so and so and so. And then all of a sudden, this dark thought will just pop in there. You were thinking good about school lunch and I used to eat them butter cookies and Miss so and so was the lunch lady. And then all of a sudden, it goes to Miss Fenton, your third grade teacher, and how mean she was. Am I, I, I wish Poppy was in here, pop his head in. Am I right, y'all? See, you can be thinking the most wonderful thoughts, and then all of a sudden, it's like the car goes, and you go down that dark alley, 
where you see all the trouble all the, and then the bad things you did see it you it, it's okay if you look at somebody did you wrong back in your past and then after you keep thinking then your thoughts go to what you did to other people and you deserved it that's why yeah you understand what i'm saying so we all have that to contend with there is nobody that does not have that to contend with amen and then you just have to do what Paul said. Paul wrote the Philippian letter when he was in prison. And I'm not talking about these uh, uh, um, hotel, motel, spa prisons we have nowadays. You know, I'm talking about chained to a Roman guard with a spear on you 24-7. When his shift was over, they got somebody else to sit there chained to you, and he's writing letters telling people, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are are a good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy, think on those things. Now, if he can do it from a dank, dark prison where most people died of some disease, rather than they they most of them didn't live to get out of the, of it amen and so so we can think on those things amen and it's a little work you can't give give attention or consideration to many of the things that go through your mind especially when you're expecting god to do good and to give you good amen you're going to have to clean up your thought life and let yourself think good I don't care if it sounds too fantastic to believe. God, I have abundance. I thank you for the abundance that I have. I possess, you are the possessor of heaven and earth, and you have set aside everything that my heart desires. And you have it for me. Because you're a good God, and you don't lie. And when you tell me, ask anything in your name, I'm asking anything in your name. And I have expectation that you're going to give it to me without fail. Amen? Because you can't fail. You can't lie. Amen? Everything you do is true. You you start building God up like that, and you start building up your holy faith like that, and it won't be long before the devil starts leaving you alone with them little dark thoughts going down the dark streets in your memory bank. Amen? You'll have good memories. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. And stop getting in these pity parties. You know, sometimes your thoughts will take you down that dark road and you'll get some tea out and some cookies out and just sit there and have, oh, yeah, I remember it was just so bad. We barely had food on the table. And and you're trying to go back to Planet Fitness for the 50th time because you eat too much. What happened to no food on the table? Amen. So anyway, so let's just cut it out. Let's live in the now and live in the future with God. Amen. So this is the lie the devil tells the woman. He said, God knows. He said, this is why you won't die. Because God knows that if you eat that, your eyes will be opened. So there's a truth there because their eyes were opened. Amen. And they began to see good and evil. Amen. And that's what God did not want them to do. He wanted them to always make the choice for him. But he knew they would do wrong. How can a God create something that he knows is going to mess up? Huh? 
because he's a good God. He sees goodness. He don't see our temporary condition. He sees us restored to the way he created us. Amen. He knew they were going to mess up. How do we know that? Because he made provision to correct their mess up before the foundation of the earth. Well, how come God didn't tell him and warn him? Oh, no, 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 no. That's cheating. You little cheater. See, he's trying to kill that cheat spirit in all of us. And that blame thing. See, because your mind will automatically go to, well, you know, it wasn't their fault because God knew that what they were going to do, but God made provision for them. See, goodness is always higher than the way we think. That's why the Bible warns us his thoughts are not our, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. We think on a low level still. I mean, even our loftiest ideas are, are tainted and messed up and can be messed up. Amen. So the woman saw that the tree was good. How'd she see that? She never saw that before. Yeah. The devil will change how you look at stuff. And I'm not going to go deep there because I could really know what I'm saying. Cue up the look, look at her. Look, ain't nobody. Oh, Alicia, I wasn't even talking to you. I was talking to Miss. Huh? Oh, yeah. The girls always prettier at closing time. The devil will change the way you look at stuff. All them little homely girls you've been passing up all night, all of a sudden they look real good. You want to take one home with them now, huh? Why? Because he changes how you look at things. How's he do that? Gets in your head. Works in your mind. Man, he kept working at her. I don't think he just came up to her one time and said this. Because most of us, it takes more than one time the enemy tempting us to get us to walk and obey him. Amen. We know this is the devil's tactic because he doesn't mind hammering, beating us up, drumming at us, over and over, manipulating, forcing, forcing his ideas on us. And so that's what he does. Amen. And so the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Pleasant to the eyes. She was deceived at this point. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. So all of her thoughts about that tree changed overnight. Amen. After the enemy got finished with her and he forced her to eat, she ate the fruit of it, gave it to her husband. The eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. To cover up what? Their shame. Amen. So this is the first instance where there's something God created and now it's not good. So God has to set forth a remedy for not good. Amen. And he immediately introduces them to the remedy, which will be somebody who would come and rescue them from the enemy's grip. Amen. God, instead of letting them, they sowed fig fig leaves over themselves they began to blame and accuse one another 
sound familiar anybody huh when you get in trouble you do something wrong it's never your fault you always want to point the finger at somebody else that made you do it amen of course the devil's already always behind it amen so god let them accuse each other so this is this is what you see in life this is the result of sin and iniquity amen when you're born again when you belong to god you don't have to blame anybody for anything if jesus took the blame why are you pointing the finger at people huh you know the world has made money off of this kind of nonsense forever you know people who are in therapy this is the world's way of helping you now i'm granted some of those methods work but god's method works better he has a new birth for us amen when you have the new birth you can bypass a lot of stuff that the world would offer you to do but the world eventually has to have you blame somebody for the situation you're in amen because it's it's necessary now when you're saved who gets the blame for your sin anybody saved in here who took who took the blame for your sin absolutely so why are we blaming other people for stuff that we do you understand what i'm saying he takes both the blame and the shame he said blame it on me i got stripes put it on these stripes right here that i took for you and this frees you up to love your brother you can love god you can love your brother why because we don't go around blaming people or we shouldn't or if this is a wake-up call write it down this day uh december 11th 2022 is a day i don't blame flesh and blood for anything in my life anymore you can't blame your upbringing amen quit blaming your parents and learn how to honor them quit blaming the people that did their best to put a roof over your head a lot of them couldn't even afford it and did their best you see parents that never bought new clothes making their children look good all the time do you understand what i'm saying you know nobody's done you any dishonor any harm that you can't forgive you can forgive anything amen and god expects us to why because he forgives he can forgive all those roman soldiers that put stripes on his back plucked out his beard people that mocked him sentenced him to death he forgave all of that he was on the cross suffering and his dying words were forgive them they don't know what they're doing we're living and we're reluctant to do the same thing and oftentimes we're blaming people that really haven't done anything intentional you know sometimes people just people are people amen we're all forgivable we do things don't look at yourself as being the one who's forgiving everybody and everybody else cheats me mean and i don't know why oh get off of that get on something else go pray for somebody get you a a sick and shut in list and start praying for people get off of that stuff we all need to give that up you're a new creature in christ he's made you a new creature amen so god then sets about setting forth a judgment which is temporary amen 
All judgment from God is temporary until the Redeemer comes, and he has come. We're not under any curses anymore, folks. The only people trying to curse people are witches, and they ain't real good at it, especially if you know Jesus. Amen? They got to work their way up to power. We get ours the day we're born again. Amen? And all we do is work with the power. And allow God to to help us to live a better life through his power. He freely gives us everything. Amen. You know, witches got to steal babies and kill them and cats and kill them. You know, that's why some people say, you know, cats are kind of funny. I say, yeah, because they don't trust people. (laughs) For a good reason. You know, they stood up there, no, Uncle Bud, he ain't with us no more. What happened to Uncle Bud? Oh, yes, Halloween. We better lay low. (laughs) Cats is smart. They know how to, trust me, they know how to survive. Amen? (laughs) People say, yeah, they they look sneaky. They got to. They have to sneak around, girl, or they won't be getting around. You don't know when they in the house. You don't know when they coming, when they going. Huh? Like dogs make all kind of noise. You know where they are 24-7 and cats. You got to think about it for a minute. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they know what's up. Amen. So the devil doesn't give power freely. He doesn't give it, you know. You got to work real hard, work up the ranks to get your power in Satan's kingdom. Amen. That's why it's good to stay away from that. Stay with God. Allow God to teach you his goodness because he is a good God. He is the good God. Amen. So God calls Adam and Adam hides from him. Verse 10, 3 verse 10. Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that? Have you eaten? There was only one way he could know that information is the devil. Amen. It's like it is within our lives. Some things, the only way you can know that is the devil put that idea in your head. Amen. And the Lord said to the man, he said, he blames the woman, the woman you gave me. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. And the Lord said to the woman, what did you do? And she said, the serpent tricked me. And I ate it. So that's how blame is. It never stops. Say it again. It's like a, a a ball you bounce around. You put it on somebody and it it's like, you know, glue or something that sticks to your finger. You try to rub it off, it won't come off, and it get on the next person. That's the way blame is. That's why God stopped it at Calvary. Amen. Because we never quit blaming. Because we don't, you don't want the, the burden of responsibility for your sin on you. So you want to get it off as quickly as you can. And the way we do it is put it on some other human being. We can heap stuff on people so much we don't even want to be around them. Some of us have family members. All we can think about is, well, when I was little, they used to push me out the tree or they locked me in the room. Or, Yeah, but he he doing life now, so you ought to be happy. He ain't even in the picture no more. 
you know, people like that eventually get. They can't be evil forever if they're that bad. But if he got saved and he's preaching now, you go to his church and give him an offering. Even if he did you wrong. Amen. In the past, because you're both new creatures now. Amen. So God asked them, what did they do? They pass the blame around and the blame continues until you find the one who takes the blame and takes the shame for your sin. And the Lord told the serpent, because you have done this, you're cursed above all cattle, every beast of the field. On your belly you should go and eat dust all the days of your life. I'll put enmity between you and the woman. Women are just normally scared of snakes. They're scared of crawly things. Amen. All of that kind of stuff in in the natural. And between your seed and her seed, her seed will bruise your head. That's Jesus. And you will bruise his heel. So Jesus took marks, stripes, but he crushed the serpent's head. Amen. So his stripes were for our healing. If he had come out without any marks on him, we wouldn't be able to be healed. You know, some people look at this and say, well, if Jesus had all power, why did he let the certain tough for you? So you can keep your little fast mouth shut, criticizing everything and picking everything apart. Like I do sometimes. You know, you always have questions with God. But but in a reverent fashion, you want God to answer your questions if they're legitimate questions. Amen. But Jesus is bruised for us. That's the evidence that we are healed. Amen. He paid a price for that. And that price was real. People who have seen uh, Jesus as he is now all say the same thing. He has marks on his body, his marks on his wrists, and his marks on his feet. Many times they see his feet and and still have those marks on them to why it's evidence that your sin has been paid for. Amen. We need to see that and we need to know that. Amen. And so God then promises them a redeemer, somebody who is going to come and get them out of this mess that they're in. They get banished from the Garden of Eden. Why? Because if they had stayed there, they would be live in a, a sinful state forever. And God didn't want that. So he takes eternity out of their grasp. But he puts it in Jesus' hands. Amen. So it's there until God uh, brings the Redeemer and the Savior to us so that we can receive what God has. So God then sets about what we, we call writing the Bible. He begins relationship with man that allows us to start to learn that he is a good God. If you can cut to the chase, if you can just say, you know what, God, I don't need to investigate everything about you. I don't need to look at this person and that person. Just help me to accept that you're good and you mean good for me and and you'll do me good all the days of everything about you is good. There's nothing about you that isn't good. The fact that God is good is demonstrated in the the fact that he told about Jesus before Jesus even came to the earth. Why did he do that? So that people would recognize him when he came. You're talking about people who know nothing but sin, selfishness, 
grabbing this, poverty that, killing each other, being illicit sexually, not marrying anybody, just sleeping around. You talking about them kind of people? And God's going to bring goodness? He's going to have to stretch this out so we can accept it little bit by little bit. See, the fact that, that it took so long for God to explain who the Messiah was and what he would look like demonstrates his goodness to us and his long suffering and his mercy. He wants us not to miss God. He says it's not his will that anybody perish. How's he going to accomplish that? He's got to slow it down for some people. Amen. There are people running around think they're saved and they've never confessed Christ. They talked about him. They've heard about him. They've done everything about him, but they've never gone face to face and say, Jesus, I'm letting go of my old life. I don't want sin anymore. I want you. Whatever it costs me, I want you. That's salvation, folks. Salvation. Jesus come into my heart. Uh-uh, you got to confess something. Because you got a lot to confess. Most of us do. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, Jesus, how much time you got? You want to sit and listen to my story. You want to hear my confession. Amen. For all you ex-Catholics. Run in, tell your lies, and run out the confessional. Amen. <laughs> But all the fake stuff. It's just serious. When you when you're serious about it, God'll get serious with you. Amen. Amen. When he gets you off the fake and puts you on the real, that's goodness. Amen. When he lets you know you are a sinner when you thought you weren't, that's goodness. Amen. Because now you come face to face with the truth and there's a remedy for you. You can't have a remedy if you don't know what the problem is. Amen. So Jesus becomes a true reflection of God the Father. The Bible says there are 330 prophecies talking about Jesus in the Old Testament. Amen. Uh, 110 of them refer to his first coming. 220 refer to his second coming. So God had to draw this out explain it over and over again even though when he sent prophets most of them got stoned for their message people were so wicked and so evil they couldn't see any good in what the prophet was explaining to them so isaiah kind of had it tougher than anybody because he had most of the prophecies about jesus amen he prophesied that he would the Messiah would come as a child. He would be born like a man, come as a child, born of a virgin. Amen. There were three different portraits that he painted of the Messiah. First of all, he called him a king. So the Messiah would be someone who was powerful, who had authority, and who had rulership. But he also is a servant. So he would come in humility. He would come in weakness as a human being. And he would show men how God plans for them to live with one another. Amen. And then he comes at the end of Isaiah's prophecy as the anointed conqueror who comes and conquers death and hell and the grave 
as a final time. So anything that you need from God, the Messiah is able to perform it for you. The Bible says that Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. Everything that Jesus was, God the Father is. How much more how much more good can could he be to us to bring his son? He bankrupted heaven, put his son in the form of a human being, made him subject to everything we're subject to. He was despised, he was rejected, but he still loved people. He still gave, he still served, he still did everything that the Father God expected him to do without fail. He never failed on anything that God the Father would would have him to do. <clears throat> Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would assume the throne of David. So even the prophecies that were given to individual people living on the earth were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He was of the line of David. If you read all of those begets, in the beginning of, uh, I think the book, well, actually most of the gospels start out with giving you where Jesus actually came from. Amen. So his lineage is proven. All of this stuff is proven. There is no question who the Messiah is, but many people miss it. Why? Because they don't understand how well God has explained everything you need to know about him, his goodness, and the goodness that he put in his son. I, uh, uh, Acts chapter 1038 talks about Jesus. It says how God, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So here you see that prophecy from Genesis chapter three coming to pass where he bruised, he crushed the serpent's head and the serpent bruised his heel at Calvary. Amen. So Jesus continually hammered away at the devil's authority over mankind, so much so that people have confidence now. Anybody who's born again has confidence now that they don't have to sin, that they don't have to be run over by the devil. They don't have to fear anything. Amen. Why? Because he paid the price to put that confidence on the inside of us. Amen. He gave us his anointing. When he anointed the disciples to go and heal and cast out devils, that same anointing is on the body of Christ now. We just have to learn how to live with it. Amen. God is not going to bless any and anoint part-time disciples. The word disciples means you're full-time. Amen. You don't have time for a whole lot of other stuff. You know, I, I, most of the time I spend trying to catch up, to be honest with you. You know, you get through the end of the day and you think to yourself, man, I could have spent more. I said I was going to look up so-and-so and such-and-such, but I got, you know, my attention got turned away to something else and I never got back around to it. See, your days of, of lists and stuff like that have to learn how to get disciplined so that you get the things of God in there because they're worth it. Jesus looked at the suffering he had to face every single day that he lived, and he said it's worth it. Amen. He said, you are worth it, and I'm worth it. Amen. Because of his goodness. See, goodness lives forever. Evil doesn't live forever. Cheaters don't live forever. Liars don't live forever. Goodness lives forever. Amen. 
the Bible says that the memory of the, the righteous shall be blessed. That means if you're a righteous person, you live for God while you're on this earth, your memory is blessed. People will remember good things about you. Amen. They just will because of, of what God puts into your lives. Amen. So Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. He's God in a form that man can relate to. You can't say that nobody understands your pain. You can't say nobody understands what you went through. You can't say nobody. Jesus, the Bible says he was tempted in all things. In other words, he was tested. He wasn't just tempted. I'm going to get you to do this. Not that kind of test. But it means that he went through. He endured certain things. Amen. He lost loved ones. He lost his father. Amen. Lazarus was a cousin, but he got to raise him from the dead. John the Baptist was beheaded and he stayed dead. And so he's lost loved ones. He's lost friends. Amen. He's been betrayed. He had people, you know, we have people like I look at sometimes I, I look and I think back. I said, Lord, all the people that came through the ministry, I said, I hope they're doing well now. You understand what I'm saying? Even though you know they're talking bad about you. <laughs> I'll grow up, everybody. Let's let's be adults here. You understand what I'm saying? It just happens like that. But then I looked to Jesus and I said, well, he had Judas. Jude, he trusted Judas with the money. And he was a thief and a robber and a betrayer. Amen? And so life is like that. But he still made it through loving. He made it through forgiving. He made it through still giving his life for people. Amen. The fact that people turn their backs on you, that's not new. You take that pain to the Lord. And he, you know, and sometimes you say, well, that's just par for the course. I'm serving God. They did it to Jesus. They'll do it to me. You understand? Just don't make a big deal out of it. But God has healing for us from all the wounds, all the bruises, all the hurts, all the pain. He endured that pain for us so that we don't have to live in that. What what causes pain is your nursing memories. Quit nursing bad memories. Now let that stuff go. There's there's no pain here for us. We We live pain free because we're kingdom people. It's available to us all the time. Amen. Because of what Jesus endured. So we've got a a lot from God, folks. He's a good God all the time. He's never not good. And he's never not good to us no matter how we live. Amen. He can. And the Bible says it's his goodness that leads us to want to repent. Amen. Because the Jews lived with the threat of the curse every day. And they still did bad. So threatening us with bad is not the remedy to anything. But God found what was, and that was his goodness and his mercy. And it follows us, and it pursues us, and it overtakes us. And he's good to you whether you want him to be good to you or not. He's good to you if you're mad at him. He's good to you if you don't want to receive the word and forgive people. He's good to you anyhow. Amen. Because that's our God. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and we lift you up for your goodness and your mercy. It follows us all the time, Lord. We're never without your goodness in our lives. Never. Never. 
We're always got your goodness in our lives, Father. Let us be more mindful of it, Lord. Let us stop and think. Let us stop, stop and ponder the good things that you're doing for us every day that we live. And we honor you, Lord. And we love you. Sweetheart, can you sit down, please? Thank you. Just reverence God, okay, honey? We're praying right now. Not time to get up. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for blessing us to be in your presence today. Blessing us for having good fellowship today. Having a time where we can enjoy one another in your presence, in your holy presence. And we thank you, Lord, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray for anybody who wants prayer. Come up and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
everybody in here been prayed for? Praise God. All right. I'm going to pray for people on the internet. We serve a good God. Receive his goodness right now in Jesus' name. Every lie of the devil that says God isn't good, that you got to linger in illness for some reason, that you can't have your needs met for some reason, is a lie from the pit of hell. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, shed abroad by your people and to your people. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen and amen and amen again. Amen. We serve a good God. Um, amen. Hallelujah. Glorify you, Lord. We magnify you. We lift you up, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I, yeah, I did. Uh, Your stripes, we are healed. 
Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Amen.